everybody. Welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in all things crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going. My gosh. Yeah. We're getting like a gazillion mile an hour winds here. It's insane. Right? What the hell? It was beautiful yesterday. Yeah. And then today it snowed and crazy wind. So... (laughs) But by God, we made all As the usual, kids go out and play we'll softball. Go home, you're drunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, this is day eleven of the Vallow trial, if you can believe. And eleven seems like a lot, but it's probably not that much, <laughs> considering how much more they have to address. Now I've been thinking about what are we going to when we're like it's a day forty-eight of the Vallow trial. I know, and we're going to be like. <laughs> Because I already feel like that now, you know? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So okay. uh, the we're going to make thing, it. Welcome. Welcome to all of you who are joining us. We appreciate you all being here with us. And we want to say welcome to many of you who are new to us. We appreciate yeah. your presence with us, whether you're listening live or after the fact. We do sure. really appreciate you being here. We want to address the very first thing because we know everybody's going to have questions about this is the the issue that happened with Lori Hellis this morning, where Lori Hellis was removed from the courtroom. She was then allowed to, well, she got back in the courtroom, and then she was removed again, and then she got to go into one of the viewing rooms, and then they removed her from there. And now she has to meet with the judge at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. We only know what Lori is saying. We don't know anything else. Um, she says No one else in the courtroom really seemed to know at all what was going on. Um, So what happened is that um, Archibald, one of Lori's defense attorneys, said that he saw Lori holding her phone up, taking pictures of Lori Vallow. Now, everybody started before court started. Right now, everybody in that courtroom knows they absolutely cannot do that. Mm-hmm. We know from Katie's experience in Fremont County mm-hmm. that the judge tends to get a little freaked out by this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we, we also know that Lori Hellis knows that that's against we, the rules. Yeah, Lori well. Hellis definitely knows. Well, Lori's an attorney. She knows. She, she is. Yeah, that's the person that they said in the transcripts, you know, had their phone out and was escorted from the room. We don't really know what happened. And so we don't want to comment on it a whole lot because we weren't there. We don't know. Lori has come out and said, this is what happened on her Twitter. Mm -hmm. And she's meeting with um, Judge uh, Boyce tomorrow at 8 a.m. prior to Mm -hmm. court. Um, And he basically has to allow her back in. So we'll see what happens. I just don't know. You know, we know that the judge has freaked out about this stuff in the past and freaked Mm -hmm. out at Katie when she was not taking any photos. Everybody's a little... I seriously think at this point, if you're in court using your phone, you should put a post-it note or a piece of tape over your camera at right. this point, just to pr- for your own protection. Yes. They did so search the, her phone they and did. search her pictures to see and if she had any pictures of Lori. we understand it, she didn't There was nothing. anything. So what a weird... But you may not know that Lori Hellis actually filed a brief and went in front of the judge mm-hmm. earlier this year trying to get him to unseal some documents uh, that she felt like shouldn't have been sealed in the first place, which has been right. an ongoing conversation with everybody that he was violating the public's right to know and right. unseal or, you know, sealing a lot of things that didn't necessarily need to be sealed. And they had a pretty terse uh, back and forth there. 
uh, and now mm-hmm. he's removing her from court. It's not a good look for the judge. It's very weird. I it just, isn't. I don't know and- what to think. I don't know. And and the way it was, there was this weird knee-jerk reaction where one deputy spoke to her, searched her phone, let her come back in. Then another deputy came up and took her out mm-hmm. and then let her come back in. And then she said, somebody asked what had happened. We don't know. We don't know what was said. There was some exchange about what happened. And then the judge came um, in and said that she had been disruptive. Now, remember that this is before court started. Yeah. The, the jurors weren't even in the room when this no. happened. No. Um, and so then they kicked her out and said she could go to the, um, oh, the like the overflow viewing room. So she went there till lunchtime and then was told by the court administrator that she had to leave the courthouse and could not come back until she met with the judge tomorrow morning. Yeah. So that's what we know. Mm-hmm. We don't really know anything else, but we figured you all would want to know about that and what happened. And that that is all we know. Yeah. When we learn more, we will let you know. But, you know, I we know that Lori knows not to do something like that. So, yeah. I don't know. And they searched her phone. She didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I It's such a weird reaction. Also, uh, mm-hmm. it, it is kind of weird that she's the one that got called out. That is a huge courtroom. Yeah. There's 400 seats in that courtroom. Well, and, and she's just the because one you happen person. to hold your phone up while you're doing something, mm-hmm. I guess it looks like you're taking video or pictures. We don't know. So, right. anyway, we will uh, share more me. when we know more. It worries me that at some point they're going to try and ban electronics from the courtroom. There was already a complaint from the bailiff that the journalists in the room were typing on their keyboards too loud and that it was distracting the jury. And they were admonished that they needed to be quieter and type quieter. Right. Now we've had all of the cell phones ringing. On Friday, on Thursday, I think there were four phones or mm-hmm. three. On Friday, there may have three. been some. There were two today. There weren't like, any on Friday. None on Friday. Good. No. There were two today. And the judge gets very irritated about it. You guys, get your shit together. The thing is, there is a limit to what he can stop because he cannot stop the press the press he can't yeah you know it's part of um why i really kind of appreciate that we're in the madison courtroom even though we're not there physically it's kind of nice because we don't have those issues there Mm -hmm. at all oh yeah and right i mean if they had just allowed for live streaming of court none of this would be an issue anyway we all know that exactly um, Honestly, I I know the judge doesn't believe this, but I think his anxiety would be much lower had he just allowed streaming. I think so too. Yeah. This has created so okay. much extra work for people, so much extra drama, extra worrying and paranoia. Like this has not been worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. But, well, and right, Phyllis, what about the lady that types next to the judge, the court reporter? Uh, yeah, she is typing very loud because her system <laughs> is very loud. Right. I know. Yeah. Hmm. So we'll see. Um, yeah. We'll let you know when we know more, but that that's what we know there. Yeah. So we want to run through this fairly quickly because we have to be out of here right on the hour. But we did want to share with you what happened today. It was very interesting and some important things. Uh-huh. So, uh, of course, we started out with Zulema Pestenis back on the... Uh, that back in the witness chair because um, 
they had some more cross-examination for her, the defense did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. So a lot of this, so John Thomas did the cross-examination and he did a lot of asking her about times that she spoke with uh, Chad Daybell. Yeah. Because Zulema does seem to have seen Chad as kind of a spiritual uh, guide for her. And a lot of it was just kind of taking the things that she had said and sort of pushing the uh, attention away from Lori and onto Chad mm-hmm. is what I felt like happened. She, she just gave Definitely. the same answers. Um, yeah. Then there were a lot of questions about her marriage to Alex Yep. And why she married him and how long they dated and all of those things. There was a very strange moment when he did ask her what day she and Alex got married. It was December 1st, in case you were wondering. But she said she didn't remember. And she said that it was because it was a very traumatic experience. That was odd because she did, in fact, remember the date they got married last week when she was in court. Mm-hmm. But she did talk about the day. And this didn't really come up the last time. Um, She did talk about the day that he passed away. She said Uh she went to work early on that day and he was fine. And when Uh she came home, he was lying on the the floor of her bathroom dead. And the paramedics came and started working on him. And they took him to the emergency room. And they worked on him for about an hour before they um, said that there's nothing more they could do. They said, she said that they asked her to turn the machines off because she was his wife and she did. And she did tell the uh, defense attorney that that was a very traumatic experience. Uh Yep. He wanted to know why, even though they were dating and then got married, you know, through that period of time that they were engaged, why they spent so little time together. It was because Zulema still lived in Arizona and he was in Rexburg. And there was a lot of pressure at this time for Zulema to move to Rexburg. But uh-huh. Zulema has children. She has a job. She has a life in Arizona. And she was not ready to give that up. Uh-huh. And what Thomas was getting at is, if you didn't spend very much time with Alex during that time, how do you know that he would do anything that Chad and Lori say? And Zulema had some really great answers for this. Yes, she did. Um, whenever he wanted to do anything, he had to have Lori or Chad's permission. They were in communication by phone and by text very regularly. Uh Um, she said, after we got married, I told him, Alex, that I would not be moving to Rexburg. My family, my life was in Arizona and he was living in Rexburg. So we were discussing what we were going to do. And he said, well, before I make any decisions, I need to ask Chad and Lori what I should do. So just, you know, kind of reaffirming that. Uh Um, Went through some text messages between her and Chad. Uh Uh, Some weird stuff that... So... uh, Okay, so Chad and Lori were pushing her to move to Rexburg. And she said, I really trusted these people. Chad said he had a veil and he could see to the other side. He said he was constantly being guided by angels. Lori said she had conversations with Jesus Christ. I trusted them. Uh It was very hard and I was confused. Uh 
And so then she said she started praying for guidance. And this is something that Mormons do quite a lot. Is, oh, yeah. Is you're told to pray for guidance. You're, you're, you're told to pray for a confirmation. What does Heavenly Father want you to do? And she said that she prayed about it. And that the answer that she got was you will go to Rexburg eventually, but not right now. Uh-huh. So Thomas asks her, yes or no. Did you pray about it? She says, yes. Thomas <laughs> says, um, this is after she has already said all this. Just said stuff. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, Th- and Thomas says, and yes or no. The Lord told you eventually that you would go to Rexburg. She says, yes. Then adds that Chad and Lori were pushing her to move to Rexburg in every blessing they gave me. Uh-huh. And we know that there were a lot of blessings given and they were all telling her to move. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Another message between her and Chad about her just wanting to go to the temple and leave the world behind. Um, another message from Chad saying her calling and election was made sure. Okay. So a calling in Mormons, in Mormon church, if you are given a calling, it is a job that you are given. And those jobs are divinely ordained, whatever job you're given, whether you're the janitor or you're teaching the children's primary class or whatever it is, that's called a calling. Uh And those are a lot of times those are elected or affirmed. Uh-huh. And, and what that means is people vote. Um, yeah. Rarely do people vote no. <laughs> no. It's kind of really perfunctory. But um, yeah, so she said that, yes, Chad told her her calling and election was made sure. So he's uh-huh. confirming to her that her calling as one of the most important people in this whole thing that they're doing. Yep. Um has been, you know, told to him by God, basically. Yeah. And that she would be among the most righteous in the first group of gatherers. And that was to uh-huh. gather people together, uh-huh. you know, to bring them into the 144,000 and do that whole thing. Um, <laughs> Zulema also responds to Chad saying, the Lord has spoken to her directly and told her that he has made you mine. So, just further confirmation for her mm-hmm. as a, as a devout Mormon, the, the, this is big stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was a time when she texted J- Chad saying she was being attacked again. So Lori and Chad taught the taught Zulema and the others that when you had any kind of physical pain or emotional suffering, it is a, ta- as a it is an attack from the dark side and evil spirits coming after your body and emotions. And Zulema said she did believe that and that Chad had moved, had removed those evil spirits that were attacking her multiple times uh, during what they called energy work. I don't know what form that took. Right. Uh, At one point, Thomas says, do you think that actually worked or was this hocus pocus? Uh, Zulema responds that Chad often did energy work and there were times she actually felt better afterward. She doesn't recall if she felt better after this incident. You know, years ago, there was a form of energy work that was being practiced around here Mm -hmm. uh, that we kind of had jokingly called Mormon energy work because it was the big group of LDS people doing it that they called Calico. Yes. This makes me think of of Calico and Mm -hmm. and those practices. I I don't know for sure, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. 
Zulema said that she felt she was doing honorable good work at the time, but now realizes that the intentions of Chad and Lori were evil. Mm -hmm. Those things they were saying were evil and manipulative. This stuff gets way outside the realm of what Mormons actually believe. This mm -hmm. evil spirit stuff. Oh, yeah. That's not. No. And even in the Mormon church, if there was a belief that there was some kind of evil spirit doing something, that would be... Uh, that would be a blessing, a priesthood blessing or a blessing from the bishop, something yes. like that, not what they're doing. That was the, the extent of energy work done in is laying on of hands healing. Right, right. In, in regular And in the Mormon church, that's only done by men. But uh, in Chad and Lori's, uh, what do we call them? Alterations? Uh, yeah. Women were, were doing that work. But uh, mm -hmm. It, that's kind of where the crossover between New Age thought, New Age beliefs, uh, Eastern beliefs, and then, of course, uh, Chad and Lori's. And real misguided, stuff. not fully understood Eastern yeah. beliefs. Just oh, kind yeah, of definitely. a mix of things. Mm -hmm. This one was pretty interesting. I would have had a little trouble not giggling in the courtroom. Thomas asked Zulema if she has a portal in her home. <laughs> uh -huh. She said no. And he, mm -hmm. he asked if she's ever had one. She said no, sir. Um, another text that she sent to Chad, I guess, April 8th, April 8th, 2019. Part of it says, I would love that. I want to see if you help me create a portal at home to get answers. Zulema says she doesn't remember that conversation, but that she does not have, um, a portal. As we know, the portal thing has been kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Zulema also said that, um, when asked if the castings were successful that they were doing, particularly on Charles, uh, I had faith they were telling us the truth. I personally did not have confirmation whether those evil spirits or demons were cast out. I trusted and believed what Lori and Chad were saying. Now, he, this was interesting. I didn't know this. She said that she was in the temple, the Mormon temple, the day that Charles died. Yeah. And she was working on Hiplos, the evil spirit that inhabited, inhabited Charles while in the temple and was told he would be taken the way he is, like they were going to take him away. 7-11, mm -hmm. um, I hope today is a good day for all this to end, was a text message. Zulema mm -hmm. so said that Lori was actually supposed to be at the temple with her working on Hiplos that day. Mm -hmm. It didn't show up because, you know, that was the day that... Alex shot Charles. Mm -hmm. I actually think we did know that from some from text messages from the Chandler uh, did we document dump? Yeah. That had not struck me as something I remember. Um, I don't know. Thomas kind of attacks her credibility one last time, mm -hmm. saying um, that she had talked about a powerful spiritual experience she had had while in the Mormon temple, and she didn't really remember it. And then he withdrew his question, and he ended his cross-examination. Mm -hmm. I don't think it packed the punch he hoped it did. No. Because I think Thomas is uh, mistakenly making an assumption that the jury understands all of these words and all of these Mormon phrases and all of this uh, LDS jargon that they right. probably don't. No. So that was kind of his dramatic moment. And I'm guessing the jury was like, what the hell was that? Right. I, I agree. Um, unless you really know Mormon doctrine, a lot of this stuff is going to be lost on you Yeah. without pretty good explanation, which Thomas did not give. It's pretty clear that he was asking based on things that he knows. 
Uh, so then Smith just redirected. Zulema kind of went back over the stuff that, you know, Lori had been calling Zulema a goddess and mm -hmm. said she had the ability to control the elements. She said that I was very special and my mission was the most important one. They were always looking out for me because my mission was the most important one. The mm -hmm. most important one, you guys. Mm -hmm. um, Chad called her the goddess of the earth. And he had a, she had a special mission to, to fulfill that he identified just for her. The lines start blurring, I think, between God said it and Chad said it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, she said, it made me feel very good and really special. I started to really believe it. You can see where the indoctrination yeah. was happening for her. Oh, yeah. It went over this part. This kills me. I had to share this. Um Zulema said that Chad and Lori also made other others feel really special and powerful, like Alex. They told Alex he was the angel who had come to Saul before he became Paul in the Bible, I think. And he was the one who spoke to him and made him blind so he would mend his ways and become a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. They also told him he had been an angel before, and he was an angel that had appeared to Joseph Smith, who is the founder of the Church of ah. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh. That is, I would imagine for mainstream Mormons, the biggest bit of heresy they have heard in the <laughs> whole thing. I can only imagine how absolutely furious regular Mormons were for them mm -hmm. to hear that they'd said that about Alex. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Um, they also told him he'd been uh, exalted in other creations, so other lifetimes, and was a very powerful warrior, and that he had unmasked Satan in another creation, and that's the reason why Satan had so much animosity toward him. Well, Alex. Yeah. My God. Right. Um, you know, she talked about how Alex quit his job, just left all of his belongings in Arizona. He just dropped everything. Um, and she said, Chad and Lori told him the only reason he came to earth at this time, his sole purpose was to protect Lori. And he literally did just drop everything, quit his job mm -hmm. and move to Rexburg just to do that. Just slay zombies. Mm -hmm. She said over and over again that he believed everything Chad and Lori told him. Mm -hmm. And that was the end of Zulema's testimony. Yep. But she did definitely reconfirm all of that same stuff. Yep. And I don't think that, I don't know, like Thomas tried to zinger a few times. I don't think it really worked, except for that, that she didn't wow. remember what day she married Alex. Yeah, because except for that she said, I have so much PTSD she that did. a lot of these things, dates like that, are, are, I don't always remember. Yeah. 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 That was interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that was, that was Zulema. So her, her testimony was absolutely bombshell after bombshell. Mm -hmm. it in was. this case and, and just sort of re went over it all today yep and then they moved on to colby ryan yes they did colby being Lori's older son and this was really something because mm. uh i mean they interviewed colby it was really pretty brief and then they played the jail call between laurie and colby that happened shortly after the kids were found and we're going to share that whole call with you. It is 12 minutes long, but it is well worth listening to. I just wanted to run through a few things. I'm not going to go through all of it. Um, the day that Charles died, Lori called Col Colby and told him that Colby had been, or that Charles had been shot. 
Now, Charles and Colby were really close. Col no, Charles she said Charles had had a heart attack. Or a heart attack, sorry. Yeah. They were really close. And she just called him and told him, oh, yeah, Charles died of a heart attack. And it was really devastating to him. So he went to the house that night. And Alex is sitting on the couch watching TV with a bandaged hand. Colby asked him what happened. And he said that uh, he'd been hit with a bat. And then he shot Charles. And that was news to Colby. Yeah. That's kind of where everything started really, really going off the rails. Uh, a few weeks after Charles died, Colby said his mom told him that she wasn't getting any life insurance money. And that she was frequently telling him that they were out of money. Yeah. Colby did receive money from his mom through Tylee's account, her Venmo. Venmo and that was kind of ongoing. Uh at one point in August, Tylee, Tylee asked Colby, or Colby asked Tylee for money, and she told him that mom had taken over her accounts. She actually took over Tylee's uh, bank account in August. And that's where her nearly $2,000 a month in uh, SSI was coming from, yeah. from the death of her father. It's a lot of money. Uh, of course, uh, after Charles died, his mom told him she was going to get married again. And then on November in November 2019, he called his mom after the police came to his house looking for the kids. And he didn't know where she was, but uh, all she, he could tell the police is she told me she was going somewhere cold and it was dangerous for her to tell anyone where she had gone. That constant manipulation of mm -hmm. it's not safe. We're not safe. The kids aren't safe. Mm -hmm. Tylee's not safe from Charles. Like she used yep. that over and over and over again mm -hmm. to manipulate people. Yep. Then he tried to contact her on Thanksgiving, but her phone was disconnected. And that was actually all Wood had initially. And then Archibald was going to cross. And then they went, met with the judge. There was a lot of like sidebar kind of things going on today. Uh, people that were in the courtroom say that Lori really stared at him through the whole time. And that he glanced at her a couple of times. And kind of at the very end, he gave her a disgusted look and shook his head. But for the most part, he kept his head down and avoided her, her gaze. What, during the cross, she whispered some things to her attorneys. And then they asked some things that... Uh, I guess we're meant to humiliate Colby. Yeah. Shitty. Really shitty. Uh, I mean, not that we should be surprised that Lori's a piece of shit mother, but they tried to question Colby about him potentially being suicidal as a teenager. And that was uh, objected to and sustained. And then they tried to ask some other questions about his, uh, his mission. Apparently, Colby tried to serve a mission for the Mormon church in Nampa, Idaho. And he said that his mission lasted six weeks at most. Mm -hmm. uh, Archibald asked if he actually made it to Nampa or if he was just in training. Wood objects to the question and it kind of shuts it down. Here's the thing. When kids turn 19, well, 18 now, boys, in the Mormon church, they are leaned on very heavily to serve a mission. And it's a very hard experience. And not all kids are cut out for a mission. For boys, that is two years. Two years of being secluded from your family. 
You can have some online contact with them now, but that's fairly new. It used to be that mm-hmm. you could talk to your family on the phone on Mother's Day and Christmas Day, and that was it. Yeah. But it, apparently Colby tried to serve a mission and was unsuccessful and came home after six weeks. That would have been an extremely tender spot for him. An yeah. embarrassing thing. It was a, a huge thing, amount of shame. A huge amount of shame. And they tried to bring that up. Yeah. Like, what the? That was her. That was her throwing that shit in. Trying to find some ways to take some stabs at him. Luckily, the judge wasn't having it. But I thought that was so mean-spirited. It was. It was just to be mean to him. Yep. Colby, basically, uh, he did say he did not get paid anything for the Netflix docuseries. We've all wondered about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also said that uh, until Lori filed... Until Charles filed for divorce from Lori initially, that uh, Alex really wasn't around much up until that point. And then uh, it was really in 2019 when Colby or Lori and Alex really started to be thick as thieves, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. They talked about religion and his feelings about religion. No, they never taught him all of their beliefs and stuff. He didn't know anything about all of that stuff. And then the phone call. So I wanted to, I'm just going to let you just listen to the whole thing. That is really something. So we'll cut here and head to the call. I could pass my own limited 
limitations as a human being. I pushed past all of everything to try to get to you to help my own mother. You lied to me, specifically to me, more times than I can count. To know that they're gone and you knew and my phone's being texted by my little sister who's not even alive. My little brother who's the sweetest little kid ever. For what purpose? Can you tell me this is God's will for my whole family, including my stepfather, to be dead? After everything that you've tried to tell me, you can tell me right now that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, is on your side. You tell me that with all conviction in your heart, that Jesus Christ is on your side right now. Please. And they do know the truth, and I know the truth. And we're the only people that do. Do 
Why are you following Chad down the rabbit hole, Mom? Why would you follow anybody that is not good? How can you follow someone that cannot lead you to salvation in Jesus, Mom? You can't lie to me anymore. You can't pretend anymore. You can't hide anymore. If you want to tell me what happened, I called you for that very reason. You had enough condemnation for the whole time and eternity, but you're telling me that you're going to stand in front of Jesus Christ and you're going to be fine. That I'm still praying for you. I am still praying for you. I don't know where the lies and all these things are written. I don't see it. I never have. The light of Jesus Christ is the most powerful thing that's ever lived. It's the most loving, embracing thing that has ever happened to this world. And I pray that you see him and fall into his grace. I pray every day. I pray, no matter how mad I am at you, no matter how bad I want to hit your husband in the face with a shovel, I pray for you. I pray for him. You ripped my heart out and you ripped out everyone in this family's heart out. I'm going to be in Idaho next, this week. You need to look me in my eye, Mom. Look me in my eye. Yeah. I love that if anybody could hold hold her accountable, it could be Colby, and he did. Mm -hmm. He did not let her talk her bullshit. Mm -hmm. And he kept, you know, backing her off and making her listen to him. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that he could do that. Like, there is one person that can do that, and it's him. Yep. Yep. But the way she simpers at him and you know, talks Jesus and all of this inane and stuff, the way she laughs. Yeah. Yep. It is. It is something. Yeah. I thought he did a great job. Uh, I'm amazed she stayed on the call as long as she did. Really right. amazed. She tried to hang up and he challenged her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. He kept her going. I mean, 12 minutes is a lot longer than I thought he'd keep her going. Yeah. But good for him. How how awful to have to have that conversation with your own mother and to yeah. hear how much she discounted him and mm-hmm. made this about him and he doesn't know and you just don't know. And are you kidding mm-hmm. me? His siblings are dead, his stepdad is dead. Mm-hmm. His mother, you know, his stepdad who he did like and get along with, Charles, yeah. is dead. Like yeah. she took everything from him. Yep, she sure did. She sure did. That when he said he's prayed and prayed to just be able to survive this, I thought, no shit. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, he said, you killed them. And she said, yeah, well, I did it for them. Yeah, she did. She did. That is the most actual um, admitting of this that we've ever heard from her. Yep. The, the, all of that you weren't there you weren't there the nobody was there and nobody knows but the kids love me 
Mm-hmm. Yes, Lori. The kids understand. They're the only ones who do. Mm-hmm. Fucking kidding me right now, lady? You weren't there. You didn't see what happened. See what happened? Like there was some big event or something? That like it in any way would have made this okay? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, yeah. And that was that was it for Colby. Uh, however, I do think they have kind of held on to him. They could recall him, it mm-hmm. sounds like. Well, I mean, they didn't cross-examine him. What could they have possibly said to him? Or did they cross-examine well, they, him? No, they crossed him. Remember, That's they right. were asking him about being suicidal and stuff. That's right. But they didn't, not after the call, though. No. Mm-mm. Then they didn't have any other questions. Because the judge wanted them uh, to be able to ask him questions. Well, you'd have to be really careful crossing him right after that call to not come across to uh, to the jury as quite the dick, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they moved on then to Mark Sari. Mark Sari works for Social Security. Mm-hmm. He's a special agent with Social Security. He talked about all of the money that Lori scammed, uh, you know, because she was, of course, uh, accepting all of the Social Security money that was close to $5,000. Between Tylee JJ and her. And of course she didn't report when the kids were deceased or or missing. She also didn't report when she got married. You know, she did all of the wrong things. And so that's why she has the fraud charges because she defrauded the United States government. Right. And that was very quick. And then they called uh, Detective Concitus from mm-hmm. the uh, Rexburg PD. Uh, Concitus is an enormous man mm-hmm, like he he's a giant he is twice as tall as us every time i see concitus mm-hmm. i'm just i don't even know what to say yeah, he is a big dude a gentle giant a really really kind man and i can't imagine how painful it probably was getting on the stand uh today yeah what they did with concitus though is they introduced a whole bunch of financial paperwork a whole bunch of evidence that had to do with Lori's bank accounts, Tylee's bank accounts, Alex's bank accounts, and Chad's bank accounts. It was pretty dry this afternoon with a lot of that stuff. Uh, Concitus did help uh, help search Lori's home. And he is the one that found a printer with an invoice for self-storage plus on it. And then they got the... Uh, the uh, search warrant for the storage unit. And that's where they found a bunch of the kids' stuff. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, But at the time, they had released some CCTV from that that uh, East Idaho News had acquired. And it showed Chad slapping Lori on the ass. This is while his kids were fighting real hard on the internet with anybody, uh, some of his kids, about that their dad's innocent and leave their dad out of this. And then this video comes out of their dad in October, you know, before their mom died. Yeah. Fondling Lori in the storage unit. Yeah. Um, Just real quick. So the social security was from Joe Ryan's death and Charles' death. So there was social security death benefits Mm -hmm. that they were getting. Those two had great incomes because that's a lot to get. It is a lot to get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mostly, though, they were sharing bank accounts and talking about financial stuff. And yeah. that's pretty much where it ended today. 
just confirming like what the social security office was saying is that, mm-hmm. you know, she kept receiving the money. She, she moved Tylee's death benefit to her, her own bank account and yeah. just, just following that money trail mm-hmm. that is a really important part of this because it's obviously a huge part of the motivation for it. Yeah. Yep. So that was court today. I mean, Zulima, I think continued to drop bombs and just verify what you know everything that was said on friday colby obviously i think that phone call is damning as hell oh it is and very important to get on the record so tomorrow i will be in court uh the courtroom (laughs) and (laughs) uh i'm really curious to see are we going to see somebody else there was talk over the weekend uh that Lori's mother was in town yeah and we'd we made a little joke speed. that uh, she, you know, landed in Boise and then a house landed on her. So, yeah. <laughs> but we don't know. It, it's possible that Lori's mother could be on the stand tomorrow or her mm-hmm. sister Summer. Yeah. Or Melanie Pulowski. Come on. Really want to see Melanie Pulowski. So we don't she know. Be coherent at all because. Yeah. She's a dunderhead. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys think Melanie Gibb comes across as stupid. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you meet Melanie Polanski. Mm-hmm. This is not genius level material here. Mm-hmm. But uh, at any rate. Well, we don't know if Ian will be testifying too because he turned over a bunch of information. I can't imagine. Ian has to testify. Yeah. yeah. He helped break this case. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. So we don't know. We have no idea who will be on the stand tomorrow. I They're not done with Concitus, so he'll be first. But then... Mm-hmm. We'll see. So it could be more law enforcement, but maybe not. So, of course, we will live tweet and live Facebook it all tomorrow. And then tomorrow night, we'll be back at 7 p.m. Mountain for case updates. And we'll be streaming per normal. And, and we'll be talking about the trial, obviously, since I'll be there all day. Yeah. So that's what's up. Yes, it is. Yeah. All righty. Well, thanks for uh, for joining us, and we'll be back tomorrow, of course. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here.